0: Log Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Kalen Patterson, P4P Real Talk, Midwest Muscle in the house. And this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you're looking for a solid foundation and a vehicle to drive your goals like what, Desiree?
1: like a Mack truck through the proverbial chocolate ice cream.
0: Sprinkled with all kinds of delicious snickerdoodle, check us out at p (laughs) 4 com, And now, with all kinds of snickerdoodle sprinkles, Ah! let's (laughs) start with Amanda. Hello, Desiree. Hello,
1: Kaylin Patterson. Hello, hello. So I just have to ask, you know, you've come off of two competitions, basically two weeks apart. I know you're going to be competing all season. How is your reverse Mm -hmm. dieting going for you? We talk about it, but we don't really talk about it in real time sometimes. And I think this is our chance to find out from a real person with some real talk about some real reverse dieting in between shows, especially when you've got several shows planned in one season. Mm -hmm.
0: But I'd like to add to that, you know, with the process of uh, my own training and teaching my classes, the diet has been a, a constant juggle, so it, it's got to be constant monitoring, monitoring uh, constant uh, changes to address, you know, what you're dealing with that day. And with the funerals and uh, weddings, it's been a, a lot of challenges as far as food. If you're not preparing your food, there's a lot that can go wrong real fast. So, you know, I, I think that's a great question to ask because life has been happening so much. I mean, like even when I was hit by the the car, you know, we had to change the diet for that because of, uh, you know, the bruising and the, the inflammation, basically addressing the repairing of that. It's, it's been a lot going on. So it's, you know, just basically day-to-day for sure. But then it's like adding, uh, subtracting, and the macros have been—it's been a challenge. It's been a constant challenge, and with the family and friends, you know, seeing me getting smaller and smaller and calling me skinny, it's been a mental challenge Uh-oh. as well. So you—it's know, a—it's a lot going on, and if you're not mentally ready for that challenge, I can see why a lot of people w- might just you know throw in the towel. But uh, with the refeed, it was basically not I, – I didn't plan any cheat meals at all ever, you know, with with what's going on because I said it's just too much of an opportunity to screw it up and derail myself because, you know, you just don't know how your body is going to address that. So either increase the food or decrease, but never anything that's going to uh, have me having cravings that I basically just set to the side or anything else that might uh, take away from what I'm trying to bring to the stage every time I want to be a little bit better. And uh, I don't think taking steps back is the way to go around doing that. Is that a good enough answer? Um,
1: Well, without giving specifics, yes, it is a fantastic answer. Um, Just real quick, mentally and emotionally, you're still hanging in there. Everything's oh, yeah. still going oh, pretty yeah, well then, absolutely. because you know, because you know, you guys know. When you get off stage, the, the what the majority of us want to do is to go eat everything that we weren't mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to eat while we we're in prep, which is always the wrong thing to do. But sometimes, mentally and emotionally, you just need that. Um, but when you are, you know, n- there is no off season when you're in a uh, competitive season where you're planning multiple shows, so you have to stick with it. You have to hey. stick with the grind. And that takes a mental toughness. So just checking sure, you know, temperature check, making sure you're still hanging in there, everything's good.
0: Yes, ma'am. I'm all, I'm all in. I'm not even kidding. I'm all in. I think uh, having the kids being my motivator, there's an outside as well as inside motivation, and one uh, aids the other and back and forth. So I don't want to let them down. Like I said, when I started with them, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. I said that knowing that was covenant with them as well as with how God had to see me, and I didn't want him or the kids to think that I was taking a thought about it. I'm all in, and I, when November hits, you'll see, and I'll still be at the Midwest <clears throat> States Have a great time.
1: All right. You guys heard it there, so there you have it. And speaking of all in, so not too long ago we had a guest, Ken Ross, um, an Aussie, a fun Aussie, and uh, he's all in to everything natural bodybuilding. In fact, he's trying to find himself some new goals to reach by the time he turns 60 because he's already crushed all of his goals that he initially set as a, uh, as a master's competitor. Oh, well, he competes in the open, too. He's crushing everything out there. But if you remember, one of the individuals that he had highlighted in his shout-outs was uh, a fella, a feller, I'm going to put it that way, by the name of uh, Peter Tchaikovsky. And I, I, I'm praying I got that right. I was practicing, but you know you know how things go when you start talking. Things just fly out of your mind. But anyway, um, and there's a lot of different reasons why Ken uh, was crediting Peter for his success as of late in his preps. But I bring that up because guess who we have on the show tonight? Kaylin Patterson, can you who? guess? What do we have? <laughs> <You're checking me laughs> up. I was hoping you were going to take the bait and try and pronounce his name, too. But you did <laughs> not do that. <laughs> we have the one and only Dr. Peter Tchaikovsky. And, Peter, please correct me on your name. I told you I would get it wrong. I possibly got it wrong. But say hello to Listenerland. Let us all hear hello, you right. correctly pronounce your name and, and go for uh, well, it. Well,
2: that was That was very, that was very good. Um, it's actually, uh, Peter Chahansky, but, um, you know, my wife's still trying to get it right. Yeah. (laughs) Chahansky, Absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, so that was, that was, that was a great first attempt. I, uh, that was a success. So, um, yeah, I I podcast Uh. with uh, Ken Ross and, um, so he, we've become great friends. We compete head to head against each other and, um, so it's uh, it's been lots of fun. But um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, ironically, today is um, an anniversary of sorts for me. It's yes. 32 years ago today that I actually wow. won my first overall title in uh, the ANBC, if you remember the ANBC, which became the OCB. Oh, do you remember wow. that? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah uh, Nat- I do. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was the Mr. Rhode Island. I'm uh it was in nineteen eighty seven, May sixteenth, uh thirty two years ago today. So uh it's great talking to you guys on uh thirty two years later.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> well first of all, congratulations. Yeah. Um Thanks <laughs> Peter kahansky Chahansky uh, you know what, Doctor Peter C. Um, congratulations. And I think that's awesome. 32 years of competing. And you know, we're going to want to talk about how you even got started on this crazy road. But first and foremost, people are going to be like 32 years. How do you do this for 32 years? What is your secret?
2: Well, it has to be a passion, first of all, right? And so, you know, I am uh, I'll give you a little bit about my background. I'm originally from the East Coast. Um, I actually did my first show in 1981. It took me five years to get my first victory, which is sometimes better than winning right off the bat because, you know, the satisfaction of getting there and getting hungry and staying hungry is, uh, you know, is well worth it. But um, I uh, am from the East Coast originally. I am a recovering accountant. I I have a couple of bachelor's degrees. (laughs) I have a bachelor's degree in accounting, and I worked in – uh, certified public accounting uh, back east for uh, for a few years, and uh, but I've always been into health and fitness, and so I went back to school, got another bachelor's degree in human biology, and then went and got my doctorate degree in uh, chiropractic, and so and that was in 1992. So I've been practicing about 27 years, and um, wow. but you know chiropractic, yeah, chiropractic is something that. Um, it's only about 10% of what I do. I consider myself more of a health optimization practitioner. And um, I do a lot of, I take a lot of difficult science and I make it user-friendly and teach it to my practice. But what I really like to do, is to head lab rat in the office, and I have a mentor who is a neurosurgeon. His name's Dr. Jack Cruz. And um, he educates me currently. I pay him to educate me and uh, in quantum and, and circadian biology. And so I take that information and then I put it to practical use to prep for shows. And so for me, competing is more of a testing ground for a lot of the uh, health optimization that I try to spread in my practice. You know, So I get the, the uh, understanding of it, then the practical application of it in prepping for shows so that I can really teach it to anybody interested. And um, that's what Ken Ross and I do. Uh, You know, we podcast, and I think I do most of the talking because we talk about things and, um, you know, uh, in, in that vein. So it's really, it's really a lot of fun. But um, so I actually migrated from the East coast 30 years ago and came out here to California where I got my doctorate degree and um, have been here since. So, you know, I got uh, all my bodybuilding roots from the ANBC, OCB. I was uh, competed as an IFPA pro um, back east, and, um, and now I've been here 30 years. So I actually, the last few years, have competed both in OCB shows on the east coast and uh, PNBA shows, here, INBA and PNBA shows here on the West Coast in the same season, and, um, you know, and have done the Natural Olympia four out of the last five years. So um, it's been a fun journey, and I'm just enjoying it.
0: Now, I'm going to walk us back, because you were talking about the chiropractic care, and uh, this is a vein that I think the natural community could really be blessed by learning more of and actually putting it into their lives, because I'm amazed that we're so willing to fall into the, the fall prey to the pharmacy side instead of basically aligning ourselves to work better and function better. What is this voodoo and witchcraft have thinking with chiropractic care when it, 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 instead of basically delving ourselves right into the, the pharmaceutical range? of taking stuff that's basically harmful to our bodies, even though it might be taking away the, the, the pain or the symptoms of what's going on instead of basically aligning ourselves in a more natural state to be
2: healthier by design? That, that is a totally loaded question, which we could spend four hours talking about. But let me just <laughs> say this, Okay so I, I just recently I also write for Iron Man magazine and I have an article in the inaugural issue right under new ownership and um, you might have the magazine right and it. it okay change your mind change your body is the article I wrote and um, it has um, pretty much it's it's supposed to be about the mind muscle connection but you know, I morphed it into more of something practical for people to take and use on a daily basis, which is, you know, this injury cycle, this cumulative injury cycle that we all get in, you know, all of us athletes, you know, our work, our sleep, our recreation, all creates patterns that we then carry with us throughout our day and our, our, our days. And it's those things that create most of the challenges. And, you know, unfortunately, the um, Western medical approach of um, pharmaceuticals is really only a symptom-based approach, a muscle relaxant, a painkiller, um, you know, and, and that sort of thing is an anti-inflammatory is, is not going to fix the problem, as you mentioned earlier. So um, I'm actually a chiropractor, but I'm also an active release practitioner, so I spend 45 minutes with every patient and only about five minutes is chiropractic side of it because that's the least important side if you don't get all of the patterns that we create in the gym, um, you know, the repetitive stress that we create, we walk, we walk around with those patterns and that's what really creates the problem. So active release technique is my specialty and I worked on and, and, and fixed the biomechanics. I'm a biomechanical specialist in that area. So that is the key. And, you know, it's, it's very unfortunate that, um, you know, our Western medicine, uh, we, we've been kind of, I would say, brainwashed in, in an Good. area because oh, for sure. We, we only know what we grew up being taught And I grew up back east where, I mean, manual therapies and chiropractic wasn't, you know, in my town, wasn't the thing to do. But it's the only thing that will get you down the road that you need to go down if you want to stay active and viable as um, not only an athlete but as a healthy person.
1: Well, I totally agree 100% as our listeners that have been hanging around for a while well know. I'm definitely Mm -hmm. a fan of chiropractic care. But I need to um, walk us back to what you were talking about in your practice, and I I believe you called it active release therapy, if I've got that correct, because our listeners are going to wonder what exactly is that. So if you can use your... Vulcan expertise, because that's what I'm going to call it, because whatever it is that you just said that you're being tutored to study, it all sounds like something off a of Star Trek to me, but if you can take that and break it down into something that the rest of us can understand, I'm pretty sure you can probably help us
2: absolutely. understand absolutely. more so,
1: about what you were just sharing.
2: Sure, absolutely. And, and what you just said, um, Desiree, it is futuristic medicine, because medicine will be practiced using quantum Uh, biology because it is a platform of science that Western medicine has not gotten down to. And so they don't understand it. So they can't use it. Fortunately, my neurosurgeon mentor jumped over to that side and became a quantum practitioner. So I won't get into that because that's a deeper science. But active release technique is a soft tissue technique and just so – just right off the bat, I will give you – their national website is activerelease.com, okay? And so you anybody can go on that national website and get any information they would like about what active release technique is. And it was um, uh, developed by uh, Dr. Mike Leahy, and um, he still is, is the developer, and it is his technique that he developed – Um, He was a um, aeronautical engineer with the air force and he took his expertise in aeronautical engineering and he went to chiropractic school and put his engineering knowledge um, to work with human movement and human movement patterns. And so that's how active release was developed. It is the gold standard for any soft tissue Issues. As a matter of fact, Dr. Mike Leahy right now, and for the last 20 years, he's in uh, Colorado. He is the uh, lead doctor um, at for the Denver Broncos. And if you remember Peyton Manning, uh, it's because of Dr. Mike Leahy that Peyton Manning went from the Indianapolis Colts to the Denver Broncos to end his career because Mike Leahy was able to take care of him and, and extend his career with active release technique. So, it's basically what it is is when we overuse our bodies, which we all do in certain ways, what happens is the body's defense mechanism for overuse is to lay down adhesive tissue, fibrous tissue um, across those fibers that are being overused to protect them from tearing. And in that regard, you protect the muscle. Uh, from tearing, but then you put a lot of stress on the tendons. So tendonitis becomes rampant and you also create a lot of patterns, which causes a lot of compensatory or compensation in other parts of the body. And it just becomes a big domino effect. And so before you know it, you know, I had a patient come in today. He, he's only 26. He's been hurting for 10 years. Nobody's been able to help him because they aren't able to peel back the layers of how this domino effect occurs. And when you overuse muscles like this, what active release technique does is our specialty is to eradicate or get rid of that fibrous tissue that develops so that that muscle, let's say your bicep has a thousand muscle fibers for it to function 100% efficiently. And 40% of them are glued together because of overuse you'll only ever get 40% use of that bicep until you eradicate that other 40% of the uh, glue. And so that's what we do in active release technique so that we can return all of the muscular patterns back to normal and then teach a patient how to avoid getting back into that cycle based on how they're training. So, You know, that's why the article I wrote uh, about the cumulative injury cycle is exactly, if you read that article, you'll get a great, you know, kind of uh, what to do now uh, to get out of this cycle. And, you know, it's doing something every day once your situation has been identified to offset the bad things that you have to do that day. You know, we all have to do things that are repetitive or sustained, sit too much. So you have to see somebody like myself or an active release practitioner who understands biomechanics and you have to have yourself, your situation assessed so you can balance all of the work, sleep and recreational activities and make them as biomechanically correct as possible before you do anything. Then we identify all of those patterns that are already created and then we work them out and give you some advice to do on a daily basis to work out of that situation and then once a week you do something in addition to your daily that's a little more extensive and then once a month or once every 6 weeks whatever it may be you see somebody like myself who can then reassess and move you forward as you're we're working you through that uh peeling back the layers of you know, some people are decades into this situation, and yes. it, you know, it can be it can be a, a it, it's a journey. Getting you didn't you didn't come to me overnight, and you're not gonna leave and and be a hundred percent tomorrow.
1: No doubt, like, like weight loss. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, no, exactly. I, I would liken
0: it to like uh you know the the, the back surgeries where they figure if they have this surgery it's going to be the miracle cure and they'll be back to functioning normal the rest of their life. And I'm like, no, that's actually going to get progressively worse if you keep looking for these alternative means that aren't really successful. So it sounds like you can stop that as well as – Feel back the layers of bad uh, choices from form and everything else. So when you're when you're dealing with people that are basically afraid of the pain, but not really afraid enough to actually make the change that needs to happen, how do you mentally prepare them for the process that you're about to walk them up walk them into?
2: Well, believe it or not, let me let me just address the first uh, point you made you know, the whole back surgery thing. I see this on a daily basis. It's a domino effect. You know, you get one vertebra, you get a couple, you get a fusion in one area. Now the, the, the vertebra above and the vertebra below have to work harder to make up for what the ones that are fused aren't doing. So it's literally a domino effect of every three to five years and another surgery to, to now fuse the one above that went bad because it's overworking until you got nothing left. And so, you know, fortunately, when patients come into my office, um, we go through that. And and, and we many times don't have to go through that process. And, you know, getting back to what, you know, literally when somebody comes in, they are usually in a bad way. Uh, Again, I'll use the example of the patient today. He's been to so many practitioners. Nobody could figure out what to do with him throwing meds at him and those sorts of things when they understand, because my first part of my session is educating them what we're doing. And that really gets people motivated because they get a glimpse of what they could be again. And so they don't mind going down the road. And, you know, my, my motto in my office is you have to be result oriented, not process oriented because you're after the result Mm. and getting the process, going through the process is not a big deal um, and when I worked – so, for instance, I worked on him today for the very first time, and he was amazed walking out of my office how much better he felt. He said he had not felt like this in years, and and it wasn't that I did anything extraordinary. I just understand biomechanics, and that's what active release practitioners do. We're biomechanical specialists to know where to go first and to understand what process needs to take place and it gives it gives them so much hope that they can now again be back to something that they want this kid's only 26 so he's got a full life in front of him and he thought he, he was no longer going to the gym because it hurt to work out he he was just giving up on life and was is in a state of depression so you know when you're results oriented the process is no big deal
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and I like that perspective of it, too. I mean, results is what you truly need to get after, and and that should be the true measure of things. And now I can kind of see, or I'm pulling this together on, you know, the the science that you're bringing to this field and how that um, lends itself to natural bodybuilding, because once you, as you were talking about, remove the blue from those problem areas, from the patterns and the habits that we have, then you're just going to be that more successful in training that muscle to get the results that you are looking for. And so I find that very interesting because, I mean, we all have issues whether we'd like to recognize it or not with our, our spine and just our, our function in general. And I'm not going to, again, go down that path and totally re, re, uh, derail us, but, just for folks to know and understand that even though we feel great, doesn't necessarily mean that everything is great. Only by the time we we feel bad, that's our body in like alarm mode because we've, we've ignored or neglected something for, that, for so long. So I hope everybody out there in listener land is taking note and just doing some thinking about just their health and function that there is so much new science out there to help us live our best lives yet. So if you were listening on Tuesday, we had the Functional Aging Institute uh, founder. Um, and uh, I feel like that type of mentality, coupled with what Dr. Peter is sharing with us, just is just so exciting for healthy living in the future. So I know I was rambling, but there's good stuff out there, people no reason to ever give up on anything in your health ever. If if you need an answer, it's out there somewhere. Trust me. So anyway, now that I totally like went off in my own little world over here, I'm going to pull us back and I'm going to take us on a little different route. Yeah, you're welcome, Mr. Patterson. Um, And I want to get back to your story, Peter, on how you got started in bodybuilding to begin with. So you, you, started, took you five years to get your overall and your pro card, but what even made you want to put a foot on stage?
2: Well, believe it or not, in high school, my senior year, I graduated from high school in 1980, and I played soccer, and I played baseball, and I had a pretty rough senior year, and soccer, I broke my foot, and then baseball, I took a pitch in the face, and uh, shattered my face oh my. pretty well. Yes, and so that put me out of commission. I was going to play Um, probably soccer in college, but I, back then, they had to repair my face uh, surgically and they did not allow me to do anything for two years, uh, any sort of sport where I could get hit in the face because it would mess everything up. There were no face guards back then. And so that was when I started uh, working out and I figured, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something. And so I took that time to work out. And when I went to college, Um, And I couldn't play a sport. I continued to work out. So I decided that um, after the two years was up that I was really into this gym thing. And um, I uh, decided to enter my first bodybuilding show, which was 1981. It was an AAU show in Massachusetts. And um, back then it was not drug tested. And uh, it was a little frustrating because I am a lifetime natural athlete. I've never uh, ever delved in down that road, and that show wasn't. And so I competed actually in two AAU shows in uh, the fall of 80 and the spring of 81. Actually, fall of 81 and the spring of 82. And I decided I would not compete again until there was some sort of drug testing because there were no drug tested organizations back then. And uh, then the ANBC was um, founded by a guy named Paul Jacobson out of somewhere in New York, and uh, they were, back then, lifetime natural uh, organization. You could never have taken anything, and uh, they had a very strict polygrapher who uh, would drill you. And grill you until he was satisfied you weren't taking anything. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, which was great. And, and, and his name was John Bedell. And he actually was with that organization for probably about 20 years doing all the shows. So you, you were, you, you didn't mess and fool around with John. So, um, so it wasn't. And so then I, I, I competed again in 1985. And, uh, when they, with the ANBC, and it, I took a fifth place. in in a show and it was in 1986 I got a couple of I won a couple of uh uh my divisions uh back then it was short medium and tall and uh I was medium division uh and then and finally in 87 I broke through and won my first overall and um and I've competed on and off over that time period, I'm, I've actually competed um, in four different decades, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2000, and, you know, teens now, and in and, and 2020 will be my fifth de- decade of um, competing. And um, because of everything we discussed earlier, as far as active release technique and, and all of the science that I study, you know, and I'm the head lab rat here at the office, so I, you know, put myself through all this stuff first, so that has, literally allowed me to be able to still be uh train and compete at the level I compete at and uh, not feel almost fifty seven.
1: Wow. Almost fifty seven.
2: Okay. Too much yeah, I'll be yep. fifty seven in July. Oh, oh wow. wow. Well
0: birthday coming up. Sounds yeah, pretty good. Coming up. Yeah I so, I gotta yeah. get back the, uh, this this point because I think uh, we have our listeners really fused on, on, on the job aspect of it and one of the things that I've always stressed is we, there, there has to be a better way than walking your wealth way into sickness and then basically having something given to you to take away the symptoms until you can get back to work because I, I've never agreed with that foundation I think that's one of the silliest things that this nation has ever done is basically got people back to work instead of getting them back to health. And it's taken on its own demons because of that thinking because most people, you know, say, I feel fine, now let me get back to work instead of saying, hey, my health should be a main concern and let me address that before I do anything further. How in this state and time do you have that where you can basically – have the 180 happen and they can get back to work while addressing their health.
2: Sure. Okay. So, um, I told you I'm a chiropractor, but, um, I am under the umbrella of, uh, being a health optimization practitioner, right? Cause that's what you're thinking about, right? Being optimizing your health. So you can do everything in life that you want to do and be healthy while you're doing it. Right. And yes. so, so I, 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 I don't want to get into any deep science, but you guys, uh, you know the, what your mitochondria is, the power plant of your cell? Yes. Okay. So, so here's, here's how we practice and, and how we kind of go down this road of health optimization. And, and you'll understand how and why and where medicine takes has its place. It has a place. But what I would say is you're only as healthy as your mitochondria's ability to make energy for your body is, right? Your mitochondria is literally a, a, a hydroelectric power plant that creates the energy for us to live healthily and do the things we love to do. So whether it's age or injury, mitochondria, mitochondrial efficiency has a big role. And when we get injured um, or if we are sick, what happens is, well, let me, let me back up a step. So here's, here's the way that we look at the disease process. If you're talking about getting ill and not being healthy, the way we look at it is that the, The nice thing about what what we do is we don't really worry about what people come into our office with as far as a disease, illness, or sickness, because we know that that is only a side effect of their mitochondrial efficiency not being proper or efficient. So we focus on enhancing somebody's mitochondrial efficiency so that what ends up happening is when this mitochondrial this, this this inability of the cell to make power you develop a disease an ish uh an illness or a condition and you will go and present uh at a, a a clinic or a hospital or a medical doctor and medicine does not recognize the mitochondria as anything other than a little part of the cell that produces some energy. It doesn't look at it in the importance that it, that it has. And so what they will do is they won't address any of that. So that person will be mitochondrially inefficient and so the side effect of that is that disease, illness, or condition, which then they will be um, given a pharmaceutical to manage the symptom of that condition, illness, or sickness until the symptom is minimized, but their health is not restored. So we approach it from the opposite extreme, and we maximize that mitochondrial efficiency. And, you know, obviously there's many ways to do that, and there's many, many things that, that, that um, are included. But as you well know, um, food, light, um, Exercise, all of the things that you know. Depending on what condition uh, or what somebody walks in with, um, our main goal is to maximize that their ability uh, to make energy. And you know, we the biggest reason we eat food, breathe air, and um, drink water is we absorb right those. And again, I don't want to get too deep in science, but what is water, H2O, hydrogen? What is a carbohydrate? It's a carbon, a hydrogen and oxygen. So, we absorb all of these nutrients and it's our mitochondria that takes them and it funnels them, tunnels them through the power plant and kicks out energy on the other side. So, that's what we have to do. And there are many things that decrease your mitochondrial efficiency and many things that increase your mitochondrial efficiency. And, um, and, and I, don't, I don't know, no, not too many people go down this road, but um, we all would agree, I believe, anybody listening, that um, it's better to eat whole food that is uh, fresh, organic, and uh, as opposed to processed food that has lots of chemicals and, and artificial ingredients. I don't think that's a, a debate, is it? No. No. No, but I wouldn't know say
1: we, that it's a debate.
2: Right. So, but you know what nobody ever thinks about? And this is actually more important than food, is our source of light that we are under the influence of. And it sounds really weird and counterintuitive, but we we don't look at light the same way we look at food because we have natural light, right, which is what our biology mm-hmm. is programmed to run on. Um, you know, your, your master computer that runs your entire body, your ECU is your brain, right? And yep. your brain actually is run... It's programmed by wavelengths of light through your eye, and, and, and this is circadian biology. Have you heard of your circadian rhythm? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Your, your circadian rhythm is your body's day-night cycles, and so think about it this way. Food is the fuel that fuels your equipment, but your equipment has to be programmed to work properly, just like the ECU, the master computer in your car. If there's a glitch in it, your car is not going to work properly. So you can put the best fuel in your car, and you're still going to have a big problem, right? But we don't think of that with our biology, but it's way more important for our biology because – and, again, I won't get into – we can probably save this, and I can break the science down into – make it really user-friendly for how to really maximize your circadian rhythm. And my next article for Ironman is actually going to be um, on this topic because everybody asks me about food because it's all about mitochondrial efficiency and food will help that process. But your mitochondria is a piece of equipment that has to be running to process that food. And so um, I – refer back to that and so the uh, working title right now of my article that's coming out in the next issue is, uh, is being called the light um, that way I can we can talk about artificial light versus natural light because artificial light is akin to artificial food affecting our body so but it's more important because that light that's artificial programs our body artificially because our body has photoreceptors that receive these wavelengths wavelengths of either artificial light or natural light and it's going to it's going to be programmed based on what it's under the influence of most and the latest research shows that 93% of an american's time is spent indoors under artificial light so I don't know most
1: most I don't people doubt
2: that. Don't, yeah, most people don't have properly running equipment to process the food properly. And, and Kalen, you would, you would know uh, training people. Some people respond better than others, right? I mean, you could put yep. 10 people on the same diet, and, and you can get 10 different results.
0: Yep, and you
2: can. most often... The the reason for that is because their equipment is not fine-tuned to accept the fuel that they're putting in. It may be the best fuel in the world, but if your 12-cylinder Ferrari engine, that is our, our mitochondria, is only running on six cylinders, that's about all you're going to get as is, is yeah. far as um, energy. So um, that is, you know, mm. so so... That mitochondria, for, for me, is the most important thing. And, and, and to maximize the efficiency of that mitochondria, you have to get these other things right. And medicine has, has, does not understand the importance of light in this vein. No. And so they only have their, their weapons of choice that they use. And their machine seems to be pretty well oiled for themselves. Um, the only thing that has to happen is I have to get out there. And, and my mentor, his job is to teach practitioners like myself. And my job is to uh, have an opportunity. And I thank you guys for this opportunity to, to to get that word out to as many people that, you know, want to listen and go down that kind of a road.
1: Okay, Dr. Peter. So I'm going to have to reel us back in because I think we've, we've, we've wandered down a road, although it's lit yes. by natural lighting, that light is not breaking through the recesses of our minds just yet. I'm okay. not quite sure we're okay. ready. We're not quite we'll, ready for we'll all of that. But long story short, we will get there. But long story short, I, what I'm hearing is that um, our body's natural ability to produce energy from whatever sources we're taking it in from if that ability is hindered, then that is what is leading to disease and other other obstacles that we may be facing in our health in, in the simplest terms. So when our body is functioning at 100%, our energy output as 100%, we are healthier human beings.
2: We are as healthy um, as our, our mitochondria will make energy for us, correct? That's exactly right. Yes,
1: okay. Yes. All right, so we have that. So we do have some questions here because I think our listeners are are grasping that, but they're not really sensing how does this work for me? And so some of the questions uh-huh. we have here you may not be able to answer because they're very specific, but um, I'm going to go ahead and ask them, and then you know, maybe some of that conversation will help them um, get a better understanding of what you're sharing with us. And again, we want to keep this um as simple as we can so everyone can grasp it. that everyone primarily me because i want to make sure i understand what you're saying but here we go here's the first one from ben he's saying how can the thing he's saying meaning you dr peter get me back to work when i have a bad back it seems to happen from the winter to spring weather change is that from bad health practice or food choice i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired Right. And so maybe that so, has more to do with your light, but I feel like that's really complicated.
2: Well, not really because, you know, wintertime, people spend more time indoors. They're less active typically, right? Depending on what part of the country you're yep. in. And yep. um, so so when you have a biomechanical issue, you know, where your body is not functioning right, that gets us back to our original conversation about active release technique. It is, you, he Ben is probably stuck in a pattern of uh, sustained stress or a pattern that is not allowing his muscles and patterns of of biomechanics to to allow his body to work properly. It's not until that cycle is broken that you can then move forward. So it it can be a combination of the – what I call the biomechanics, how our body moves, right? Our muscles dictate how well our back is going to feel. And there's many things that dictate how our muscles are going to react to what we do. You know, if we, for instance, the, 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 the most important muscle in the low back is the hip flexor. The hip flexor is shortened and tightened when we sit, if we're sitting too much because our back hurts, now we're creating more of a problem Um, than a solution and so that hip flexor has to be addressed because it is constantly putting compression on the back when it's short and tight but we have to sit because it hurts if it's if it's stressed so that's again where you have to find a practitioner who can address that issue and once you address that biomechanical issue Where you have better, you you are coming out of that cumulative injury cycle that you are in, then you can um, activate other practices that will then enhance you from there. You know, where nutrition is always a part of it. Obviously, like I said, our light is always a part of it and some of these other things. So, Ben has to find somebody that can work with him and understand this biomechanical cumulative injury cycle. And if, if if he has a diagnosis um, of a disc herniation or some some problem like that, then you can. Um, we work with all of that stuff, and a, a similar active release practitioner. We're all trained the same. Will be able to help him in uh, to, to to get him down the road he's looking to go down.
1: Okay, so Ben. I hope that's helpful, Um, and if we get a chance, we'll ask Dr. Peter if there's a way to easily locate active release practitioners, because this is still, seems like a relatively new field um, to me, so I'm not sure how widespread they would be or what the alternative would be, Um, because I'm I'm, I'm assuming physical therapy is something totally different than what you guys do, or can they help with, you know, relaxing those hip flexors for Ben so he's able to do the movements necessary for him to heal.
2: So active are those release techniques have been fields. around about, they are different fields in, in, a, in, but active release has been around for 25 years. So you can find okay, a gotcha. practitioner near you by going on their website at activerelease.com and then there is a uh, doctor locator. You just put your city or zip code in and you will get a number of practitioners in your area popping up um, on the search. So, and if you can't okay. find somebody in your area on that search, you can call them directly. And there's there's practitioners that aren't on that database that are also in the area. So we are around. And um, that see that what I got back to um, at the beginning of the conversation was the glue and fibrous tissue from what caused the injury. If you had an acute injury or a repetitive stress injury um, or you sit too much, that's going to develop glue in those hip flexors. A physical Mm. therapist and physical therapy can't get rid of that glue. And if you're trying to stretch a hip flexor without getting rid of glue, you're stretching a muscle that can't stretch and it's going to be more painful. So getting rid of that glue will enable that muscle to lengthen and that gets you out of the hole. That's the big okay. difference between Perfect. what an active release practitioner does and what a physical therapist does.
1: All right, so Ben and everyone listening, I hope you've got that. Check out activerelease.com, and that could lead you to an active release practitioner in or around your area. So, good point. This one is from Laura. She says, "I run a lot, capital L O T, and it seems that as the years go on, I can't run as hard as as hard or as far." Can your practice help me get out into the running world like I'm so – get me back and out into the running world like I'm so impassioned to do?
2: Absolutely. So, so what Laura is um, telling me is that her – and we're going to get back to this because this is how it works. I told you about your mitochondria is your power plant that makes your energy, right, to allow you to run. Well, With every decade of life that passes, just naturally, like Kalen mentioned on a prior episode, we lose a certain percentage of muscle mass, right? And we also lose a certain percentage of our mitochondria, our power plant's ability to make energy. Take your cell phone. The older it gets, the less it holds a charge, right? Until finally you can charge it up all night and by 10 o'clock in the morning – it doesn't have any power left. Our mitochondria work exactly like our cell phone batteries do. With age, we lose efficiency about ten percent. That's the bad news. The good news is, with what we do with health optimization, is we teach all of the uh, strategies. Which I, like I said, I'm the lab rat. I do this myself on how to maximize your mitochondria's ability to stay functional and able to produce energy. So, you know, you would have to, Laura would have to get, you know, um, an evaluation and basically there's, and we can have a whole separate episode or, 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 or conversation about how to do all of this and make it user friendly because it is a little involved, but, you know, sources of light, different you know, Getting your equipment to work properly, which is your mitochondria, will, 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 will take you down that road. And a great example would be your cell phone. Everybody knows if you put your cell phone on a, on, on, in a, on a summer day on a hot surface, what, is, what does it do? It shuts down because it overheats, right? If you want to make it work better or quicker, where would you put it? You would put it in a cold place. Where do you store batteries if you want to preserve them? You put them in a cool place. Well, your mitochondria are your batteries. And when you allow them to be cooled and expose them to cold, they will actually make more energy um, easier. And so um, that's a whole another road to go down. But basically, it's, it's cold water. Um, you know, the, the science is called cold thermogenesis. It's cold adaptation I was just on Cape Cod three weeks ago and the water temperatures, 42 degrees in the ocean. And we were at our condo there and I swam every day because I'm cold adapted. I swim out here year round because cold allows my mitochondria, the equipment in my mitochondria to condense and work better. So um, as I'm getting older, that stuff becomes more important. So I'm not sure of Laura's age, but, you know, that is one strategy and actually getting your body on the right time. Um, my mentor told me never to miss another sunrise for the rest of my life because that starts your engine every morning and tells your body what hormones to make, when to make them and when to shut them down and to wait, make other hormones. It, it, it is how your entire, uh, equipment works is based on how it's programmed. So, so light and cold, um, and, and you can Google or look up cold thermogenesis and there's an easy start guide on how to get started on it. And um, also circadian biology or circadian rhythm, just hashtag it on Instagram and you'll see all kinds of useful information that you can do to rev your engine and your equipment up. So it can make more energy um, at any age.
1: All right, there you have it. Um, Quick comment here from Dave. He's saying, so my mom's inability to go outside is actually making her sicker because she's not getting more true sunlight? And, Dave, I think the short and simplest answer to that is yes. And we will have to have Dr. Peter back to talk more about this, but I am going to move us along uh, because we're running out of time. We've got a whole six (laughs) minutes left all right so and dr peter that answer the short answer is yes to that question correct absolutely okay perfect all right dave so stay tuned because we're going to try and twist dr peter's arm into coming back and sharing more on that topic with us on a future date all right this one here is from jacob he's saying why aren't more people referred to chiropractic care before sent anywhere else wouldn't that help keep down the need for surgeries I know they wouldn't fix everything, but it seems like it would help with some. Is that right?
2: Absolutely right. And it's a long story, but we'll keep it really short. Um, the medical Western medical profession tried to put the chiropractic profession out of business in the 80s. There was a big lawsuit. The chiropractic profession won, and it was basically malpractice, or um, a, a doctor, medical doctor, could get his license pulled by the medical association. If you referred to a chiropractor back then, That's Oh my goodness. Yes. I heard about that. Yep. And so that's all changed now and they are warming up. And now actually the the judgment went in favor of chiropractic in that now a medical doctor could get his license revoked if he does not refer to a chiropractor for certain conditions, especially low back pain. And um, so, Not everybody's open, and not everybody will go down that road. But if you ask, um, most medical doctors will go down that road now.
1: Okay, very good and good to note. So you got to ask, folks, if that's what you are interested in. Um, Yoga and my chiropractor have been my lifesavers. That's from Jillian. Thanks for sharing that. Um, And for everyone out there who's been Googling mitochondria, good for you. Because, you know, this is all new. This is new stuff. We have to expand our <laughs> horizons so that we include me. And so with that being said, Dr. Peter, you've definitely given us a lot to think about. I mean, a lot. I mean, more than I was anticipating, because I wasn't even really sure everything that your practice encompassed. And I, and I know we've only scratched the surface, but I'm thankful for what you have shared with us, even though we didn't get a spend um, much time on you getting ready for Greece next month. So I hope that prep is going well for you, but thank you for, uh, for going all of well. yeah. I know that you've given, that's good. Well, I know that you and uh, Ken Ross will be uh, uh, squaring off. And I, you know, just real quick in the middle, in the middle of my accolades here, thanking you for yes. sharing all your knowledge with us. But, as in the times that you've squared off, I mean, where are we at here with the, you know, you win some, he wins some is, is, are you guys tied? Is there one that's got a little bit of an edge? I mean, what, how, how is this, how is this going down?
2: Okay. Well, so, um, so Ken is taking my, a lot of what we're talking about in our podcast um, and uh, he's applying it, like I said earlier. So I, I've actually been very fortunate um, in the last three battles uh twice last year and once the year before um, in the pro division of the grandmaster, grandmaster pro division in in the Olympia. um, I came in second and he came in fifth, I believe, uh, two years ago. Uh, Last year uh, at the world cup, I came in, I won and I think he came in fourth and then in the Olympia, uh, natural Olympia, we had 13 grand master pros in our division. Um, I got silver for the U.S. I came in second and Ken did not place in the top five, but, um, um, in his, in his mind, um, in this, in, in the world championships here in Greece, he's ready. So, you know, we'll, we're, we'll, we'll, off again. He's ready to roll.
1: So I guess you, he is ready to roll. So you better bring it. And we'll be watching. We'll be watching for those results. Kaylin, last thoughts on tonight.
0: Well, I just want to know if uh, when they're getting on stage, do they think about Snickerdoodle or Chocolate Whey? Um, all well, of you the know above. Hashtag
1: and Chocolate Whey for the win. <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: Ah, you know what? Good. My my
2: favorite is, yeah, absolutely. My, I got the, the, the dark chocolate covered espresso beans. So that's my that's my favorite.
1: Boom. Hey, as long as chocolate is covered, that's all I got to say about that. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in tonight. On behalf of Mitochondria, good energy processing everywhere. And uh, all of our competitors going to Greece next month. Chocolate and Snickerdoodle Protein, Kalen Patterson, the boys from P4P Muscle, and Dr. Peter C., your body is a temple. So let's build it. Which nigga
0: doesn't